Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're in Matthew chapter 26. Let's begin with verse 31. Then Jesus said to them, Tonight all of you will fall away because of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Peter told him, Even if everyone falls away because of you, I will never fall away. Truly I tell you, Jesus said to him, Tonight, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Even if I have to die with you, Peter told him, I will never deny you. And all the disciples said the same thing. Don't just focus on Peter and let all the other disciples, that would be, I, I believe at this point, the 10 other disciples who are present, let the other 10 off the hook because everybody made this commitment to be willing to die with Jesus and yet they would scatter. What Jesus just quoted here was Zechariah chapter 13, verse seven. Here's that original text. Sword, awake against my shepherd, against the man who is my associate. This is the declaration of the Lord of armies. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. I will turn my hand against the little ones. So initially it was a prophecy through Zechariah and now Jesus proclaims it essentially to be fulfilled that night. And in fact, it would be fulfilled in verses 69 through 75. Uh, of this very text. Here's just a sneak peek at that. Now Peter was sitting outside the courtyard. A servant girl approached him and said, you were with Jesus, the Galilean too, but he denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about. When he had gone out to the gateway, another woman saw him and told those who were there, this man was with Jesus, the Nazarene. And again, he denied it with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there approached him and said, Peter, you uh, said to Peter, you really are one of them since even your accent gives you away. Then he started to curse and to swear with an oath. I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed and Peter remembered the words Jesus, Jesus had spoken before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times and he went outside and wept bitterly. In, the, in the, the account of this event from Luke's gospel, he even locks eyes with Jesus in that moment. I mean, wow, what, what, a, uh, like, oh, what a gut-wrenching moment for Peter. But look at, how, look at how passionate he is in the moment when he's, when he's uh, responding to Jesus' recitation of Zechariah 13, 7. He effectively denies it. Uh, Peter told him, even if everyone falls away because of you, I will never fall away. Look at the zeal, look at the passion, look at the emotion. I mean, he, he genuinely means it, but then he genuinely does fall away. And Jesus knows about this. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said to him, tonight before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And yet that's not enough for Peter. That's not enough. Even if I have to die with you, Peter told him, I will never deny you. And all the disciples said the same thing. So he rallies everybody to his folly, effectively disagreeing with Jesus three times. What would have been the proper response though? You know, Jesus refers to Zechariah 13, seven, in which the Lord of armies is the one who has turned his own hand against the little ones, that he has spoken to the sword in Zechariah 13, seven, sword awake against my shepherd, against the man who is my associate. God is the one who is sovereignly orchestrating all of this. So it's inevitable. The proper response would be God's will be done. And then you 
realize that God is sovereignly orchestrating even your own failure to bring about something tremendous, that is, the atonement for the sins of everyone from every language and nation and tribe and tongue who believes in Jesus. I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. There it is. He refers to Old Testament prophecy. In its original context, it's interpreted one way in Zechariah, but we know that the best way to interpret all of Scripture is through Jesus. And here Jesus handles the Word of God. Jesus takes Old Testament prophecy and proclaims it to be fulfilled that night as they would all scatter. But there's more to the text. Verse 32, But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. So he knows that he's going to be abandoned, but he also knows that he's going to go ahead of them. He also knows that he's going to rise again. What Peter missed and what the other 10 disciples who were present, because Judas is out somewhere else, what they all miss is the word risen in verse 32. But after I have risen, everything has been predicted numerous times. It's not, as, it's not as formally articulated because it comes on the heels of a recitation of Zechariah 13, 7 and, and a proclamation that it would be fulfilled that night. But this was actually another prediction of the coming resurrection. They're going to forget that too. Even as they see their scattering prophesied and fulfilled, they also miss the resurrection prophecy that's within Jesus's within Jesus' words in verse 32, Truly I tell you, Jesus said to him, Tonight, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And yet still, Peter pushes back. The accurate response should have been, and I can't claim that I would have done this, uh, because every one of the disciples was there, and they were gung-ho, and they were ready to die with Jesus, and yet they backed away. But with my, you know, with my comfy seat I'm sitting on and like reading the text and with perfect 2020 vision looking back on the past, the proper response would be God's will be done. And if you say that in response to his coming resurrection prophesied, that's a worshipful moment. But Peter was insistent. Peter was hyped up, man. Sometimes our hype can give way and inevitably we just face the grind and we face the persecution and it tests the metal of our faith. You may, you may be hyped up, ready to take on hell with a squirt gun, and that's actually a good thing. But just understand that ev inevitably that walk with Christ is going to give way to the hardship. And the hype that you felt as someone who was stoked out of your mind, that's going to wear away. And all that you're left with then is your perseverance and your, your willingness to stay faithful to your testimony in Christ. And that's not emotionally a good moment. That's that, for Peter, especially because he failed in the most brutal moment of his life. So know this, when I see someone who just comes to Christ and they start evangelizing like crazy, I never pour water on that fire. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. They're actually more attuned to what's true than you know, those of us who've been walking with Christ for so many decades that we kind of lose that fire. They're actually more attuned with what's true than we are. So I don't ever try to pour water on that fire, but you do need to know this. Peter was hyped out of his mind, all right? And that, that all goes away. And then he's left in shambles. But Jesus doesn't leave him there. In John 21, Jesus restores Peter three times, commissioning him. It's actually a painful restoration. He meets him right at his point of failure and he commissions him to that point. Be hyped to the glory of God. That's a great thing. Know what's coming and know that you can be restored when you fail. But remember this text. 
all of it is the sovereignty of God at work. And, you know, Peter's enthusiasm, his zeal, was no match for the sovereignty of God. Jesus already knew what was going to happen. He knew that these guys were going to scatter, that they were going to abandon him. But he also knew that he would resurrect. May you lead your life in such a way that you know those moments of hype will come and they'll be tested. And when they're tested, often we fail. But when we fail, we can be restored, just as Jesus did through Peter. He can do through you as well.